You know, before we get into the announcement, connection card announcements, I'd like to just uh, share with you some sad news. Some of you already have heard that Gus Kawato has gone home to be with the Lord. Um, I, I don't have details, but we will have a service for Gus uh, on August 5th. That's a Saturday, so almost two weeks from now on August 5th, the first Saturday. We'll have a service here in the church. I'll be meeting with the family this week, so I'll know details uh, uh, later on this week. So uh, if, you, if you want to attend that service, you know, to support Setsuko and the family, uh, just mark your calendar for August 5th, and I'll fill you in with other details as, as time comes. Okay? But uh, pray for the family. You know, we know that Gus is with the Lord. Uh, there's some, just some neat things that I've, I've gone through with Gus that I think... Uh, uh, that was just super encouraging to me, but uh, we know the Lord's taking good care of them right now. Uh, in your front of you, in your pew, there's a connection card. It's a rectangular card in the, in the slot in front of you. We invite you to fill that out to whatever degree you like, and after you do, uh, you can leave that on your pew. On the back side, there's ways you can check boxes and ask us questions. Any way we can be of service to you, you know, let us know. And uh, so just leave that on your pew after you're done. As you're doing that, I'll just announce some things. We have um, um, some announcements on the back. Uh, there's a harvester meeting today. Uh, there's a college and young adult beach, uh, beach outing today, I guess. Leaving Huntington Beach uh, from the church at 1 p.m. The big thing I want to announce to you, and we're going to be announcing various things as time goes on, is we've met... Uh, um, uh, the leadership, we've met about the 5K run. Our church sponsors a 5K run in benefit of the city of West Covina, to the, their senior senior, to be more specific. And that run is coming up in October. And uh, we are starting to uh, uh, collect things and prepare for things. And one of the things we want you to think about is our goodie bags. Our goodie bags are the bags that get distributed to all the runners. And uh, th there are things that if you can think of some things you'd like to donate to put in there. Uh, if you have a business, take for example, if you have a business and you'd like some free publicity, give us some a bunch of business cards. And your business cards will go out to, in 400 bags to 400 runners. And uh, we'll just throw it in there and uh, see if you catch any business that way. So, you know, gives, so, so whatever you'd like us to put into these bags, you know, then some of it could be related to you and your business. That's great. You know, so keep that in mind if you'd like to donate, you know, anything from pencils or paper or, you know, energy bars, whatever. So just uh, keep that rolling around in your head, okay? If you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to um, open to 1 Samuel. The book of 1 Samuel, I'm going to read from chapter... 18. 1 Samuel chapter 18. If you don't have a Bible, you are, your Bible is going to be up on the screen above me here. 1 Samuel chapter 18. I'm going to read the first four verses. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David. 
along with his tunic and even his sword and his bow and his belt. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, open once again to the life of David, uh, a man who had a special heart for you, Lord, we pray that you will um, just teach us your lesson for today. Father, you know where each one of us is. And Father, we've had life experiences, Father, on this path that we call a life with Jesus. So Father, we pray that you'll just speak to us, encourage us, teach us your ways. Uh, in Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. You know, I, I mentioned some things from my experiences in South America. When I uh, was living in Brazil, one thing I learned, as a, and I thought was interesting, is how Brazilians look at Americans. And one of the things I learned how Brazilians view Americans in general, this is a stereotype, but there was a phrase they used to tell me. They'd say, Americans are friendly, but they make lousy friends. Now, the reason they say that is a stereotype of Americans, and a lot of the Americans they met were Americans that were tourists, Americans that were there for a short time for study or something like that, is they saw Americans as being fairly superficial. They saw them as being superficial, superficial, um, insincere, showing, showing sincerity but not really meaning it. And, uh, and this is something I learned even before I went to Brazil, is that we in North America are very future-oriented. In other words, we think of always what's next. And so when it comes to friendships and connecting with people, uh, the Brazilians look that Americans aren't willing to invest quality time to establish good relationships with the people that are around them. See, if you're like that, you don't have to raise your hand, but maybe in your heart you will. If you're like that, because I, I can be like that. There are times I, I'm like that, I, I, must, I must confess. Yet, you know, what I want to challenge us in thinking today, is that healthy? Is, is that something we should be conscious of and want to change? Is that what God wants for us in the life that God has for us in Christ? You know, know that, that we are made for community. God made us to be, have contact, and, and be connected with one another. That's part of the abundant life Christ has for us, that we are, that he talks about us, the church, as the body of Christ. We are connected. We're, we're dependent on one another. When, when one hurts, the other hurts too. And, and, and we just can't say one is better than the other, and, we, and we're, we're united in that oneness. See, even God himself, God himself exists in, in community. When we think of the Trinity, we think of God the Father, we think of God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. Right? So, so God himself understands the importance of community. When we think of the garden, if we go all the way back to our Sunday school lessons of Adam and Eve in the garden, after creating Adam, what did God say? God said, it is not good for man to be alone. You know, we know people who, who say, I choose to be alone. We know people who say, I, I just kind of want to cut away from society, and I, my life is better alone. Well, I want to just tell you today that even that may be true from someone who you've met, and, and maybe even sometimes you feel that, know that God created us to be with one another. And that brings us to our topic today, and that is the topic of friendship. Connecting with one another in a deeper way. 
So I want to start off by just asking us this question, and as we go through the study of David, you can be thinking about this. What ingredients are needed for a true friendship? What things have to be in place for you to be friends with someone else? We meet a lot of people. You're sitting next to people right now. You're going to be in line to get, get lunch with people around you. What things have to be in place for that person to be a friend? Today, we're going to continue in our study of David, and we know that David was a man. He was special. Why was he special in God's, in God's eyes? Because God sees the heart, and David had a heart for God. And we're going to examine one of the most detailed friendships that's talked about in the Bible, and that is that friendship between David and Jonathan. Now, I'll give you a little bit of background. Saul was the first king of Israel, and Saul was Jonathan's father. But Saul, being the first king and going forward, he fell. He wasn't leading Israel in God's way. So God chose David to succeed him. God chose this shepherd boy to be the next king after Saul. David was a shepherd who did what? He took down Goliath. And in the future, he would become the greatest king in the history of Israel. The greatest. He had his flaws, but God saw him as the greatest king. So let's get into this. Let's get into our text. We're going to go back to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 18. And we're going to talk about the beginning. Because when we talk about friendship, it always has to start somewhere. There's always that starting point when you think of your relationship with someone who maybe today is your friend. Okay, so let's look at verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 18. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. This is the first recorded contact between David the shepherd and Jonathan, who was the prince of Israel. He was, going to be, he was the next one in line to actually be king, the king of Israel. When his father steps down or his father is gone, Jonathan would be the king of Israel. Now what happened when these two guys meet? There was a connection. Just in this one verse, here, here there's this connection. It, it wasn't arranged for Jonathan uh, it just happened to be there. David didn't go to meet Jonathan. David went there to meet with Saul. But there was a connection. They connect with these two guys. Why did they connect? We don't know for sure. It could have been maybe they were the, they were the same age. Or, 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 or maybe, um, uh, maybe there's just something maybe inner that connected them when, they, when they, were, they, they heard each other talk or whatever that might be. There's some unseen intangible. But there was a connection. Let's personalize this. How about you? Think about the people you consider as friends. When you think of your friends, how did you connect with them? What people, when you think about it, when you think of friendship, how, what people really know you? Know that you have children. Know that, uh, that, that things are happening in your life. We know that as a ch child of God, that, that few things happen by chance. 
Now, when I say that, that few things have my chance, I'm not saying that we're like puppets and God's pulling the strings. But we know that God has a plan for everyone's life who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. And friendships can play a major influence in directing our life, our life steps. You know, one of my closest friendships in my life was with a Brazilian fellow. His name was Sergio. Now, Sergio is, is with the Lord now. He had a chronic heart condition, and he, and he, he died a, a few years ago. He's one of the first guys that I'm going to look up when I get into heaven. But Sergio and I, we clicked immediately, like, like with Jonathan and David. Uh, and it was a really a, a short-lived, but a very rich and a very good friendship. But I also have living friends. And uh, I have a friend that, that I have contact with these days. And I knew him as an acquaintance for over five years, five years, six years, seven years. And it wasn't until after that period of time that actually we became friends. So when we look at that, you know, there's some ingredients that we have to consider that really transfers us into friendship. Let's continue on in our text, though, here, and we'll continue on to see what happened in John, with Jonathan and David. Look at verse 3 and 4 of, of 1 Samuel 18. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. When we read the early glimpses of, of when David and Jonathan met, it really seems very clearly that Jonathan was the one who reached out to David. He was the one we might call the initiator. The initiator. Here we have this shepherd boy. Okay, David, the shepherd boy. He, for all we know, he may have been kind of overwhelmed being in the presence of, of royalty. Jonathan, being that spiritual man, though, and also being that, that prince, you know, he took that initiative. And what we see him by him handing over these things to David, he discerned spiritually. And this is something that he couldn't have, he, he would have never have known without the Lord. But the Lord gave him insight into David that David was God's chosen, that David was someone special, that David was actually going to be the next king and not him. And so what did Jonathan do? He, he gave David his royal peril. He gave that indicating he was aware that you are God's chosen. See, sometimes God leads us to reach out to a person who he has placed before us. Sometimes God would, will kind of nudge us toward a friendship to, to, to have that, that opportunity to, for, for us to initiate a deeper connection for, and see if something happens. Now you may say, oh my goodness, I don't do that kind of stuff. Why? Because there's risk involved, right? There's that risk of, of rejection. There's that risk of, of maybe overstepping uh, this, this, this conversation you had or this connection you had with, with this person. Um, but I think we have to accept this. And if you've been around on the earth for a while, you understand this. Most things that are worth having, there is a risk involved. Right? I don't care if it's, a, if it's something material. I don't care if it's relational. Usually most things that, that, that are worth having in your life, there is some risk involved. 
When we look at James chapter 4, 8, we read here, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I don't know if you remember back when you first came became a Christian, but do you ever think there's a little bit of risk in you placing your faith in Jesus Christ? Some people actually think that there's a chance that he'll reject them. And, 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 but know that, that here in this relationship or in this study of friendship, we see Jonathan risking and, and giving those things to David. Now, David could have been very cold about it and not even said, eh, big deal. But no, Jonathan steps forward and initiates a deeper relationship than just that acquaintance type of situation. So that's where it began here for David and Jonathan. Let's go on. Because to actually get into friendship, there has to be a change in that relationship. So let's go on. Look at, um, let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 20. And I want to challenge you that as we read this, you're thinking about your own relationships. Maybe the friendships you have, or maybe the people who are around you, even today around, you know, in, in your life today, that, that possibly could be someone closer in your life. So look at 1 Samuel chapter 20, 1 and 2. This talks about something that, that is brewing in David's life. It says, Then David fled from Nioth at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he is trying to take my life? Never, Jonathan replied. You are not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything great or small without confiding in me. Why would he hide this from me? It's not so. See, Saul could see the handwriting on the wall too. Saul could see that David was God's chosen, God's anointed. And it wouldn't be long where he, had, he, would, he, would, he, he could see David stepping up to the throne and taking the throne away from him and his son, Jonathan. And so that created in, in, in Saul a real hatred for David, a fear, but a real hatred, a need to take this guy out and, and, and to protect him and his son in their positions in Israel. But now, what's happened over time? Over time, Jonathan and David grew in their closeness. They grew in their connection. If you read this, if you picked up your Bible and read in 1 Samuel, we're talking about a good three, four chapters where you're, we're talking about the, the progression of this friendship or this relationship that grew into being, being a friend, friendship. See, their relationship progressed. How did this progress? Communication. Their knowledge of one another as individuals, their knowledge of one another as people, in whatever their life situation was. And that knowledge of one another in conversation moved toward what? Transparency. A real sharing of the inner person. Maybe David, like here, he's sharing his fears. Oh my gosh, your father, the king, he wants me dead. Jonathan, what do I do? And Jonathan, in his love for David, no, 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 my dad wouldn't do that. He'd tell me about it if if you were going to do something like that, they, they had a real genuine love and concern for one another. They understood what they were facing. 
they had transparency, and that transparency led them to having a deep relationship and friendship, one with the other. When we look at Amos, chapter 3, verse 3, the prophet wrote, Can two walk together except they be agreed? See, friendship is the product of a process. Like I shared to that understanding, that, that, that mutual acceptance of one another. And respect for each other uh, isn't, isn't something that happens instantly. It, it takes time. And it takes a certain amount of effort. I'll be honest. When I listen to, to ladies talk, oh my gosh, they can get, boom, they're like skin divers. They just go deep. And they, they can go deep really fast in how they share things. When you talk about guys, we are surface dwellers. You know, we, we just stay on the surface. You know, we don't get past the Lakers, you know. We're just staying right there on the surface. We don't share what's inside. We, we're just sharing about, hey, how's the weather? Where ladies are saying, oh, my goodness, if you knew, oh, if I, if, yeah, this is what's happening in my life, you know, and they're sharing things that most guys wouldn't share in 20 years. So, so when we talk about friendships, Sometimes friendships develop in different ways. I think friendships develop different with guys than with, with ladies. I really do. And I think it's very obvious when we think about it. But this is something that's in common, and we have to understand this. Is that different people, the key thing is no matter who you are, because you're going you're gonna to make, hopefully you're, you have friendships with people that are not like you. You don't want to surround yourself with just people like you. That, that, that's... What's the fun in that? You know, I remember when, I, when we were looking for an associate pastor, uh, people, one, I remember one person said, well, what kind of pastor are you looking for? And this is before we uh, hired Pastor Corey. I said, we want an anti-Rick. We want someone who is not like me at all. We got enough of me here. We want someone who is, who is different and has different gifting and, and, and has a heart for the Lord, but different gifting and and, and abilities, and, and can communicate things in a different way. And uh, God blessed us with Pastor Corey. And here we have a shepherd and a prince. And you just can't be any, diff any more different in their background and how they were raised. Even when we look at how Jesus developed friendships, look at, at John 15, 15. Jesus said to his, his followers, his disciples, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. I have made known to you. Who knows about what's going on in your life? Who knows about that you hate the Clippers? Who knows that you're going to quit college? Who knows that you're looking for a job and, and it's been so tough that it's driving you crazy? See, Jesus took into confidence his disciples. He took into confidence his disciples. They had to learn. They had to get to that degree of understanding, and they believed. Then after sharing and experiencing life together, Jesus saw they could walk with him. Friendship just doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It's a change that takes place in the relationship. 
It's like the three T's. I think of it always as three T's. It involves time, it involves transparency, it involves trust. Time, transparency, and trust. And that is a dynamite combination for friendship. When Jesus saw Peter on the, be on the beach, he, didn't, he, he called out to Peter and, and he didn't say this. Let's say here Jesus, he sees Peter on the beach, he says, Peter, come and I will make you fish as a man. I'll make you a fisher of men. And by the way, in a little bit of time, I'm going to be nailed to a cross. And man, you better be there at my side. No. It's, it's that process. As you get to know someone, you are sharing deeper and, and, and different things. And that process leads you to that connection of friendship. It takes time. And, you know, and frankly, that's what sometimes we're not willing to do. We're not willing to invest that time. And that's why I started off by talking about you need to be that initiator. You need to be that person that maybe risks a little bit, goes out there a little bit, and see if the person responds to it. And if so, then follow up with it and be that initiator like Jonathan was with David. One thing about friendship that I believe is very true, because it's happened in my life so often, is that when there is a friendship, there comes a testing. When you have a friend Almost all the time, there's going to be some testing between you and, with you and your friend. It, it could be caused by a lot of different things. But let's look at what happened here in, in, in uh, 1 Samuel 20. 1 Samuel 20, 31 to 33. Let's read those verses. As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send and bring him to me, for he must die. This is Saul talking to Jonathan. Bring me David. We need him dead for your sake as well as mine. Jonathan says, 32, why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Get the picture? Conversation. J David asked Jonathan, Jonathan, why is, my, why is your dad so angry at me? Jonathan said, well, let me go find out. He talks to his dad. And, and, and Saul says, look, if he's around, we know that God's lining it up for him to take the throne. We have to kill him for, for me to stay on the throne and for you to have it after me. And John says, wait, whoa, wait a minute. What has he done? And Saul's so angry, he grabs a spear and throws it at his son. And then Jonathan knew his dad was really serious. I believe that friendship is always put on the test. There's a test that somehow some time is going to arise in that friendship. David had to know for sure Saul's intention, and Jonathan went before, and he risked. He confronted his dad about this. Why are you trying to harm David? He risked his life. Friendship is always put to the test in some way. I don't, it may be a crisis. It may be a need. maybe even a death in the families. It may be even a, a misunderstanding that tests the friendship. It may involve money, it may involve a time and energy and effort put out, but, but it's, it's something that, that causes you to say, wow, is it, 
Is it worth it? Should I do it? There's something cost to you, and are you willing to put out? Whether it simply means just going to their house and, and, and giving comfort, or actually helping someone financially, or whatever it might be. See, Jonathan and, and David had arranged for a sign to take place. And let's go on with the story. See, Jonathan said to David, I'm going to go out into the field here, and you be hiding in the bushes. And if I call out these certain, if I call out these certain word or say this situation, you're going to understand that's, a, uh, that's saying that my father wants you dead. But if I don't say that, everything's okay. So look at verse 41, 41 to 43. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together. But David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness before, between you and me, between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to the town. What happened is Jonathan gave the signal verbally that, yes, my father wants you dead. And it was just a heartbreaker to David. It changed his life from that point forward. He had to flee the kingdom. He was now a fugitive. And it meant that their friendship was going to be really quite different. What happened years on, and we don't have it in our text here, but if you, if you follow this friendship, is what happened Later on is that, that Jonathan died on the battlefield. He went into war with his, his father Saul, and they were both killed. And David wept. But later on, David, David meets Jonathan's son, who is crippled. Jonathan had a son, and his son was, was crippled. He could not walk. He had a permanent uh, handicap. And Jonathan, in memory of David, took in... Jonathan's son, when he was king, here here's David, the king of Israel, takes in Jonathan's son and tells him, you are going to be taken care of in my palace for the rest of your life. Can you remember when your friendship was tested? Can you remember a time when you had to risk something or forgive or to, 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 to maybe a cost to you, uh, a challenging, all this for a friend? I thought about it, actually I have to think about these things before I can share it, you know, talk to you guys about it. And I thought about it, and there are times of my friendship in different times of my life where I have, to, I have to confess I was not very courageous. And there are times where I really feel that I did not um, um, respond to my friend the way that my friend probably wanted me to. But I remember back a, a, a while back there was a friend who did call me one time. He called me on the phone, and this is why I was a pastor. He's a Christian, and he had a lot of worry in his voice. And he said to me, hey, Rick, my, my mom is really ill, and she's going to have a major surgery. And frankly, I don't know if she's saved. I don't know about her relationship with Christ. And I said, hey, where is she? What hospital? So I drove out to the hospital, and uh, when I got to her room, her room was empty. And I thought, oh, my gosh, where is she? And then I, I, a nurse came by, and she, the nurse said, oh, no, she's on her way to surgery right now. So I just ran. I took off down the hallway, and uh, I, I caught up with the cart, and I talked the nurse in allowing me to have some private time with her before she went into operating room. 
And so they, they did that. They left. And, uh, and then when the, this friend of his, his mother saw me, she recognized me. She smiled. And so I shared with her about the importance of having faith in Jesus Christ. And, and she, she looked at me, and she assured me of her faith. But the same, right after that, she said, would you lead me in a prayer of salvation? And so I did. And so um, then the nurses came back, and they started pushing her in the operating room. She had this, this smile on her face. And about three hours later, the Lord took her home. She died. I was able to call my friend, and I said, you know, your mom was ready. And he was so thankful, and he was so much at peace about his mother. Here in West Covina Church, we see the importance of friendship. And I am very thankful that there are, I think many of you can say that you have some friendships here in this church that you wouldn't have if you weren't here. And we want to encourage that. We want to promote that. We want lives to come together because we know that God created us for community. God created us to have friends. And it's a good thing, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an enjoyable thing, and it's part of the abundant life that Christ has, has for us when we think of living side by side with him. So my challenge today after this service is I want you to think about being an initiator. Think of the people that you're around, maybe people you've known for years, and be that initiator. Take maybe that next step to promote maybe a deeper relationship with that person. Promote that. Test the waters. See if they respond. Okay, if they don't, don't get upset. Don't be hurt, you know. Just, just, just know that, that this is God's will for us. We've got to be like that Jonathan. Okay, to, to initiate and see how, how things go. But know that the bottom line is God wants us to have those human connections. Remember the prophet Amos. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Let's pray. Father, as we go forward, Father, we, uh, we thank you that you created us the way you did, that we understand the importance of community in our lives, Father. And we pray, Father, that you would just lead us and give us a peace and, and, and give us even that nudge, Father, to maybe help us take that additional step in our relationships with people to, uh, to, to risk the possibility of having a friendship, a deeper relationship than how it is today. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blessing of, of life here on earth and the things that you uh, lead us to do. Uh, give, us, uh, give us courage as we go forward. In Jesus' name, amen.